welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford and Woking in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. It's Pentecost, and wherever you are in lockdown, uh, at home or in the garden or in the kitchen, I wonder if you could stand up and take a deep breath and then exhale it. Just feel your breath. Uh, there is a reason for it, because I want to speak today on feeling the Holy Spirit for the world today. But before I do that, may I just say thank you to Adam and to Hannah for the invitation to be speaking in, in Emmaus Road, and to Pete and Sammy Gregg, who've been lifelong friends. Uh, it is a privilege for me to be able to be with you. A few weeks ago, uh, one of the last surviving friends of Nelson Mandela, who went to jail with him in Robben Island, died, Dennis Goldberg. And when the trial took place, everybody expected that Mandela and the rest would be given a death penalty. And the court was hushed, and there were people crowding around to hear the judgment, and the judge spoke in a very soft voice. They couldn't quite hear what he was saying. And they heard the words, life, imprisonment, and Dennis Goldberg leapt up and yelled to the court, it's life, it's wonderful. And it really struck me again that life is wonderful, particularly when you're facing a kind of death. And for me, my life verse, the verse that has meant more to me, is taken from John chapter 6, verse 63. The Spirit breathes life. Do you know, when I was first came to be filled with the Spirit of God some 40 or so years ago, Throughout the world, there would have been about 65 million people who would be what they would call spirit-filled people. There are now 650 million, and the Pew Research says that soon there would be a billion. And you may think you're watching this Pentecost from your home, uh, streaming it, but we are united to a worldwide movement of people who are looking to find life in the spirit, and there is a new breath of life. Feel the breath of the spirit of life in our world. He makes the good better and he makes suffering bearable. Paul writing to the Thessalonians has this distinctive way of describing Christians. The midst, in the midst of severe suffering, they were there with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. It is the unique claim of the Christian faith, that in the midst of suffering, and we are suffering in lockdown at the moment, people are dying, people are suffering health issues, and we are locked down, and yet there is a joy, and can that joy can only be given by the Holy Spirit, and he brings us peace and purpose and perseverance, and wow, we really need perseverance in this time. Not just to get through it, but to be changed by the Spirit of God through this time of lockdown. Do you know, I, I often ask, I use this as a very practical test of uh, what's it like to 
when the spirit gives life. Do you know some people come into a room and they just suck the air out of the room. And some people, and you'll know them, they walk into a room and suddenly the room is infused with life. They're life-giving to the room. And I think the Spirit of God is like that. When he appears, when his presence is felt in a gathering, it's life-giving. I was thinking of the description by our Prime Minister that there was a devilish illness that has been sweeping across the world and has affected us, the coronavirus. And it came with breathtaking speed, unexpectedly, across the world, no place to hide. And its, it's, it's insidiousness is that it's sucking breath, it's sucking life out of people. And it's sucking life out of our culture, out of our workplaces, out of our homes, out of our schools. It's just sap sapping every form of energy. And we need ventilators. Ventilator comes from the word breeze in Latin, which is to, what a ventilator does is it, it pumps oxygen into those confined parts which are filled with sort of mess and gunk and other stuff and puts good life into the body. And I don't know about you, but when we face fear and failure and the disappointment and the fatigue that comes it's kind of this breathtaking is, is, is just having its effect on us. But here is the good news. The spirit of the living God is not a breathtaking, but a breath-giving God. He brings new life. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is a new liberty. There is a new freedom. And the spirit is showing us the true source of life. There are those past memories that we have which the newness of the Spirit of God is wanting to touch. While we're in lockdown, we're thinking about ourselves, about our futures, about our priorities. And he wants to give us this new life. But the disciples were in much the same way. Do you remember that uh, they were locked up in that upper room straight after the, um, the, the resurrection? They were in gridlock. But they were all because they were filled with fear. Fear had taken them for fear of what the, the people would, would say, the riots around them. And I just loved reading Jurgen Klopp's comment on fear. I, I am not red, I am not Liverpool, I am blue and I'm London. But give credit to where a great man works and, and speaks. And this is what he said. There is nothing so important to me that I cannot bear to lose it. And that is why I find I have no reason to fear. There is nothing so important to me that I cannot lose it. And that's why I have no reason to fear. What a great comment that is. But you know, those disciples were there. And then in lockdown, Jesus comes right through the locked door to the disciples in lockdown and he unlocks the fears with that great word from him in John's gospel, John chapter 20, verse 22. He says, peace be with you. Receive the Holy Spirit and he breathes, which is why I asked us to breathe at the beginning. And the moment he breathed, he breathed 
life. He breathed life into their fears. He breathed life into their failures and their concerns about what they were going to do with their lives. He breathed a newness into them. And that is the first sign of the breath, the wind of God. He breathes life. And then on the day of Pentecost, he breathes power in a mighty wind. And then, Acts 2, wow, suddenly, they were all gathered. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire and separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Do you know there are only four verses that describe what happened and the rest of the Acts, which we call of the Apostles, is really the Acts of the Holy Spirit because it's only Peter and Paul that get the odd mentions. But the Spirit infuses every page of it. And just think about it. When I say, you know, feel the Holy Spirit, they, they, they heard the sound of a blowing wind. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. They spoke in tongues. They filled and felt the Spirit of God with them. And, and this is the key thing. All of them were filled with the Spirit. Well, who were all? Well, you remember from... The Acts 1, when they were all gathered together with Peter, running a sort of kind of gathering. And, and, and let me just say this. Those gathering together in Acts 1 were not the church. It was a gathering. The only place that can be a church is the place where the spirit of the living God acts and commands it to happen. And that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. But you say, well, who were they all? Well, there was Mary. Well, she'd been filled with the Spirit when the angel Gabriel arrived at the start of her life. But she was filled with the Spirit. There was Thomas. Well, he had doubts. And he was filled with the Spirit. So if you feel maybe you have some doubts and you worry, as so many of us do, there's such a, a fine line between the worries and the wisdom that the Spirit gives us. If that's you, it's time for you to feel the Spirit. And then there was Matt. Well, Matthias, now he was great. He just made the cut. He was the new disciple. He was the new kid on the block. You may feel there's a newness about your life and wonderful that you've turned to faith. But this is a moment to be filled with the Spirit of God. And spare a thought for justice. He lost out. And so often in life, disappointment comes. We lose out on being chosen for a team we'd love to play for, for a job that we really wanted, for a relationship that we thought was right. He was there, and he was filled with the Spirit. They weren't in lockdown anymore. They were let loose. They were let loose into the into the community around them and people started speaking in tongues people heard their the voices in their own languages 
And Peter, who was up to that moment hardly uh, able to contain himself, just trying to keep the whole team together, was suddenly infused with an extraordinary power. The power was such that they thought they were drunk. And Peter had to say, hey, hold on, hold on, it's nine o'clock in the morning. They're not drunk. But this is what the prophet said would happen, quoting from the prophet Joel, that he pour out his spirit. You see, the spirit of God didn't arrive at Pentecost. He was there right from the beginning in Genesis, all the way through the prophetic literature of Israel, all the way right until the revelation when the spirit and the lamb will be drawn together. I mentioned that I was born in South Africa, and one of the extraordinary moments that occurred in history was a speech given by the British Prime Minister Harold Macmillan. You know, sometimes a, a word, uh, a phrase, captures an imagination uh, or a political movement. And Harold Macmillan, addressing the joint parliament of South Africa in the apartheid years, bravely got up and said that the wind of change is blowing through this continent. And whether we like it or not, this growth of national consciousness is a political fact. Well, the apartheid regime hated the idea. And it was the wind of change address that presaged the coming out of colonialism and of freedom for an entire continent. And I don't think it's an exaggeration to say this, that I believe that the breath, the winds of awakening are coming upon us. Changes in the air. Yes, we're feeling this kind of fermenting, but there is going to come a time when the bubbling will continue. But we can't wait until some future date. The legacy starts now. <coughs> the legacy starts in my praying, in my meditating, in my encouragement of other people, the infusing of new life into my workplace, into the plans for, the, for, for what comes when we come out of it, rethinking my life, my priorities, our economy, our political ways, the way we eat, after the food that we're eating, the physical exercise that we're taking, the environment, the planet that we're living in. These are the new priorities. It is not just for me. There is, of course, an internal sense of the Spirit of God giving me life, taking the gunk out of those closed spaces that I've kept away from him, taking away the, the, uh, you know, just the fears that we, that we have for the future. But there's also an external way, external to other people, such that in our churches, in our communities, in our cities, and in our country, there is this new way of working together. The story's all over. Who is driving people into the communities? It is the Spirit of God. It is the motivation of the church, of the Spirit of the living God, reminding us that Jesus is interested in the marginalized, the poor, the hungry. And isn't that one of the most wonderful things that is actually happening? And if that's just, just a taste, just a little breeze, of what could blow into this worldwide global move of the Spirit of God. Wow! Wouldn't that be one of the most amazing things of our lives? 
And so it is that we need to feel the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, for the world today. You see, that little word for means purpose. It is for the world that we are being filled with the Spirit. And Paul, writing to the Ephesians, says, be filled with the Spirit. Be continually filled with the Spirit of God. When we're filled with the Spirit of God, there is, a, there is no room to be filled with anything else. It is a newness of God. And out of this comes this sense of purpose. I have a purpose for my life, God-given. I have a purpose for the world around us, God-inspired. And I have the peace of God, breathed on us by Jesus, to give us that perseverance, that stickability, that staying power which we now need to stay this course and to be prepared to hear, to think differently, to think of the new ways in which these winds of change, these winds of awakening are coming into our lives, into our communities, into our countries. And yes, it is, of course, hope that the world most needs, and it's hope we have to give. Listen to Paul writing to the Romans. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. St. Augustine said that there are two wonderful daughters of hope, anger and courage. We should be angry with this devilish virus that is so devastating, so breathtaking in our nation, and have the courage to see the breath-giving Spirit's God working within us, working within our communities. Just as Jesus said, at that time Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and the learned, and you've revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. So do you see that overflowing with hope, with power, with joy? These are felt. And I want you to feel the touch of the Spirit of God wherever you are now. To be filled afresh with him. Just as we started figuratively with breathing, so we allow the Spirit of God to come into our lives right now. Let him touch you. Feel his touch. The only way to receive that power from God is to allow the peace of God to come into your heart, into your mind, into your imagination, into the whole of your life. We will be changed through this crisis. But we will be changed with a new awakening. It's not just we want to get through it. But we want to know that the Spirit of God is building a new, strong wind that will be blowing through the world and that we will be part of this, the staying power that we have. The Spirit breathes life. I wonder if you don't mind, 
wherever you happen to be, just to carve out some space now. To stand, perhaps to put your hands forward in a way of saying, I want to receive something. I want to, I want to feel the breath, the wind, the, breathe of the, the breathing of the Spirit. I've had enough of this breathtaking stuff. I want breath-giving, life-giving. So let's come back to the words of Jesus. In Luke chapter 11, he says, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who are managing better in lockdown, to those who are praying more, to those who are meditating, to those who've got good backgrounds, good money, good lives, good families? No. To those who ask. To ask. So ask. If you hold your hands in front of you and ask for the spirit of life, the breath of life, to come and to fill you now, I will pray that that happens wherever you are. Come Holy Spirit, come and fill us now, fill us with a newness, a freshness, as we open our hearts to you, hear us as we open our lives to you, guide us. Do not take your spirit from us, even in these hard times, even in the midst of deep suffering. I want to feel the joy of the spirit. Come, that the spirit of joy come upon you right now. That the spirit of life and peace come upon you now. And that the power of God and you will receive power come on you right now. I want to pray especially for those for whom frustration has almost driven you to want to do things that you would never do normally. In the name of Jesus, pray that you would break. Come, Spirit of God, break that frustration which we feel and show us a purpose Show us that you are fermenting, you are building, you are changing the old for something so new, so different. And I want to embrace it. Perhaps say in your own words, I want to embrace a newness. I want to embrace whatever the Spirit of God has for me, for my family, and for those around. Come, Holy Spirit. <laughs> 